This episode is sponsored by Privacy. It's kind of like a burner phone for your credit cards. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, go to privacy.com slash G-O-G. That's $5 free to spend anywhere by just signing up. Go to privacy.com slash G-O-G. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Brian, you've been traveling a lot. Yes. And I've been doing the bulk of the, the work on getting all the articles in for the show. Yes. And this week, I went through about 6,000 titles. And it shows. In my RSS reader. <laughs> and because uh, I got my I got my system down with my iPad and reader now and flipping through. Okay, this one goes to Pinboard, read them later, all that stuff. And I've noticed something profound. What's that? I read the same fucking headline nine times. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've started culling everything. I'm like, okay, so Engadget or Gizmodo doesn't matter because they're going to give me the same stuff. Uh, so I stuck with Engadget. I keep Gizmodo UK because they at least have something different. The Verge, almost useless because it's the same as Engadget. All of these things have so much overlap that it's just, it's, it's such a waste of time. Everybody's writing the exact same articles. And I, I know this because I went in and, and did last night. I stayed up and was starting to c collect a bunch of, of, of different stories. So, you know, it wouldn't all be you. And as I went through, I found the exact same stories that you had already posted just from different sites. Yep, that's kind of it. <laughs> and and I want to point this out to everybody because there's one story that I thought was kind of the canary in the coal mine. Hmm. And I saw it early in the week, and I'm like, okay, nobody's going to follow this story because it's so fucking stupid. And of course, by the end of the day yesterday, it had been on every major site. And here's what it is. This is on tech news sites, right? Okay, mm -hmm. so one tech news site that had a really like crappy day getting their... Uh, you know, getting their numbers up by the end of the day, like, oh, shit, we got to post something. What are we going to post? Um, they posted an article about high heeled Crocs. Yes. And they're flying off the shelves. Yes. And I saw that like maybe on Monday, maybe Sunday. And by yesterday, every single tech news website was posting about high heeled Crocs. Now, you tell me how that <laughs> is tech news. It isn't. It isn't at all, but it is tech news for us because now we get to discuss this again, and it is all about page clicks. This is the world that we have created for ourselves. No site, <laughs> the idea of there being like some sort of editorial or focus on a site is so gone because everybody needs the clicks. So you have to have every single story that everybody else has because you might be missing out on clicks. And if you don't have clicks, you don't have money. And if you don't have money, you don't have a site. And this is it because nobody wants to pay for shit. This is the real Me Too movement because everybody wants to post what everybody else has. Yes. It's it's such a, I mean, we talked about this years ago when we started going back through the news and, you know, we could say, okay, let's find the original source for this story and go back from there and then we'll post the original story. Now, it's like a <laughs> Gordian knot of bullshit to try and figure out where a story actually came from in the beginning because everybody's linking to somebody else because it just depends on who saw it first in their news feed and said, oh, we got to put this on our, our site, too. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Um, oh, man. So my brain hurts from this week because yes. I went through thousands and thousands of them. Uh, granted, I, at least I can with my, my swanky iPad set up in the Apple Pen, which really does help. I love my Apple Pen so much. <laughs> well, I suppose this is why we're here, Jason. 
This is what we're doing. We are we are basically being editorial for all the tech news. So all you people listening don't have to go down the stupid rabbit holes that Jason and I do every single week. We are your pseudo AI shit filters. That's, That's what right. we are. <laughs> we use pseudo AI to bring you the best of the bullshit every week. And we're paid about as well as pseudo AI folks are <laughs> everywhere. That's kind of how it goes. So let's get to some follow up. I saw this on Dig. A dude figures out how much he's actually making per hour driving for Uber. And he says it roughly works out to about 42 cents an hour. And I, it, it's kind of a fun piece. Like, you know, he, he puts his numbers up. And it's the first time he's driving for him. He doesn't have his stuff down. And, you know, a lot of it is for the article and the video because it's a video piece. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it was, you know, just kind of puffed up a bit just to make a good title so people would click on it and watch the video because he needs the clicks too but his math was fairly sound i have to say did you watch the video i did and uh you know i we've we've heard these stories before we've seen these kind of numbers break down before but then uber just comes back and says some people make a hundred thousand dollars a year who find us one (laughs) the ceo yeah basically i'm sorry that's per minute the only people that make money working for uber are literally working for uber not as drivers but working for Uber. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, Uber drivers are now subject to continuous background checks. So apparently they've hired some new companies that are going to keep and uh, keep tabs on their drivers to, you know, see if they've created like, you know, oh, oh, have you raped today? That's the, that's the new service. Have, <laughs> have you-, you tried to rape today? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm going into Mel Brooks now. <laughs> Have you have you done armed robbery today or <laughs> yes. Are you a felon today? That's yeah. that's kind of what it is. So, you know, they're trying real hard, but it's only for the U.S. So, yes. Well, let's how's this disruption working out? Because more <laughs> and more, they're just becoming more and more like regular taxi companies where you mm-hmm. have to get a license to drive for them. And oh, interesting. Hmm. Disruption not working out quite as planned. Did you try to disrupt today? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, I mean, it's working out for the company. They're only spending what two billion a quarter to keep this, keep these balls in the air until self-driving cars come along. But anyway, yeah. and again, I will weep because they lose money every quarter. Yet they're valued at well, a gazillion dollars, whatever, whatever the hell it is today. Unbelievable! Uh, just, just unbelievable. Again, why we started the show? Me going to you, Jason. <laughs> How the f are any of these companies doing well? Yeah. <laughs> A uh, little uh, Chris Hardwick follow-up. Mm-hmm. He has been booted from AMC's The Talking Dead, and superfan actress Yvette Nicole Brown has taken over for The Talking Dead and all of his panels at W... Not WWDC. That's that's the nerd... <laughs> uh, that's the different nerd conference it's going yeah, on right now. Yeah, you should see Comic-Cons. the cosplay at that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you he's see the pocket a- protector on that guy? Oh, my he's God. A- he's an Apple IIc. <laughs> So yeah, she's taken over, and uh, apparently AMC is doing a deep dive, like investigative re- discovery thing on figuring out what Chris did. Uh, so we'll see what happens with him. Well, I, but, uh, I got some breaking news for you about Chris Hardwick. Did you know he's become a magician? He, what? He's disappeared, hasn't he? He's made himself disappear. Yes, he has. He is. He's in the same disappearing cabinet right now with Louis C.K. and all those <laughs> other people. Yes. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, little Twitter follow-up, too. Twitter says it doesn't have the bandwidth to fix verification right now. Wait, fixing it implies that there was something, some sort of system in place in the first place, not just somebody worked at Twitter and figured out, hey, I want to verify this person. Well, that's kind of how it (laughs) used to work, yes. Exactly. There's no system. (laughs) There's nothing to fix. 
<laughs> no, uh, it's just a black box. It's a black yeah. box. But uh, yeah, because yeah, they're ramping up for the election now, and they want to they want to put all of their mental energy into making sure that the elections go smoothly, and that Twitter doesn't get the blame for uh, this Trumpian nightmare that we're already oh, in. But here's don't a, worry, we're all going to blame Facebook. <laughs> but the funny part is, they could do. They don't have to put bandwidth towards fixing much. Delete Trump's account. That will go farther than anything else that they could ever do. But nope, Jack won't do that because no, they, they won't get do that notes. because they, yes, exactly. It is the most popular account on Twitter. Sadly, uh, I don't know. I think a Kardashian probably probably beats yeah, him. But. Okay, fine. Well, as long as oh God, as long as they don't run, please God, don't run. <laughs> Give it time. I know. Give it time. We're we're inching closer to idiot. Well, we're we're actually we're firmly in the middle of idiocracy right now we're not inching towards it i was yeah. gonna say inching towards we're rocketing to the moon <laughs> yeah it's got electrolytes oh fuck mm. me <laughs> oh and we talked uh, last week about apple's self-driving car dealio because we're like they're doing self-driving cars huh well yeah. it turns out they have a lot of cars on the road already well look at apple go yep they look at them go and see ya bye they're, they're not doing like the full autonomous stuff so they still have drivers in the car but they got 11 new cars on the road this week, and they're going to be uh, partnering with Volkswagen for some stuff. And uh, uh, I guess they're going to do some T6 transport vans uh, to self-drive the employees to the office. So then they can walk into the transparent walls yes. when they get to work. <laughs> Look, this is this is the way it should be done. I, this is the way a real company would do this. Apple has not released any press releases talking about the things that they don't have. I'm looking at everybody else that's doing self-driving cars. <laughs> They've just quietly started development on it. That's it. And you know what? They'll let us know when it's working. Yeah. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. And uh, to, just a little bit of follow up on the guy who is stealing the self-driving car secrets from Apple last week. He has pled not guilty in court. So Okay. That's it. All right. <laughs> I'm not guilty. Okay. I we'll guess see how we're going to find out then. Now, and also on our final bit of follow up, do you remember that ridiculous Kodak Bitcoin scheme that they had going on where they were going to license their name to these uh yes uh, they're called the kodak cash miners yes yes well apparently that has all collapsed now and the original company that was doing it is now going out of business and uh kodak says well we never officially licensed it <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> way to walk that one back kodak like you have mm. anything else to give to the world right now uh, <laughs> except a cautionary tale that's right the news so we have talked about artificial intelligence machine learning decision trees all of this pseudo stuff. ai pseudo ai that's the new one that we have now <laughs> pseudo ai because pseudo ai is people oh so i have a new a new segment we have to get yes. bob to do a to do a bumper for this one it's called this week in artificial machine decision learning tree bullshittery yeah, I so, like that. Get Bob on that. So I was trying to do my best, Bob, there. I went through, like I said, so many articles this week. I am going to give you a list of some of the ones that popped out to me this week. These will all be linked in the show notes at uh, GOG.show slash 268. So you can go down the rabbit hole if you like. <laughs> I would rather say put some bamboo under your fingernails. It's probably more pleasant. But these are the top headlines from this week in Artificial Machine Decision Learning Tree Bullshittery. AI Weekly says, how to regulate facial recognition to preserve freedom. Mm. Mm -hmm. Academic mm. expert says, Google and Facebook's AI researchers aren't doing science. 
And then the mm. next one comes from Facebook. Facebook AI research expands with new academic collaborations. <laughs> so, and, the, and the next one comes from the next web. The $24 billion chatbot industry sucks because it needs better AI. Or any AI. Well, then the next web also goes on to say, quick guide to understand the... <laughs> and this is going to tell you how well these people are. Quick guide to understand the hype around deep learning. AI headline machine broke there. AI AI headline broke. A beginner's guide to AI, computer vision, and image recognition, also from the next web. They're doubling down on their AI bullshittery over the next web. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one comes from Bleeping Computer. New AI algorithm can fix grainy images without looking at clean photos. Mm. Then we move over to VentureBeat, and this one's a really scary one. Digital Surgery's AI platform guides surgical teams through complex procedures. Shudder, shudder, shudder. Hashtag shudder. Now, this one comes from Quartz. Google is using AI to see inside the brain like never before. Mm. Okay. Microsoft and National Geographic team up on AI research grants because they just want the monies. Yep. And then IBM researchers to train AI to follow code of ethics. We'll see. Asimov's laws. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Haven Life uses AI to underwrite life insurance for non-citizens and people with chronic illnesses. What could possibly go wrong? That is just basically the most 2018 headline I've ever read. <laughs> That's the most 2028 headline I've ever read. <laughs> and here's the next one. An app that uses AI to help you improve your basketball shot just raised $4 million. That one made me want to go jump off a roof. I uh, know. Uh, <laughs> CareDash detects fraudulent reviews with the help of AI. <laughs> DeepMind, Elon Musk, and others pledge not to make autonomous AI weapons. Okay, Ooh, great. Okay. Thanks. Oh, and here's where it really goes goes deep. This is this is what the world needs right now, Brian. This is the best use of AI all week. Watch out, birders. Artificial intelligence has learned to spot birds from their songs. Oh, boy. Yeah. All those birders are now out of a job. <sighs> Artificial intelligence is automating Hollywood. Now art can thrive. What? <laughs> What? I, I'm, t- I'm telling you, okay. this is this right. is the shit that I deal with every day. Mm-hmm. Promethean AI uses artificial intelligence to help artists fill out game worlds. Okay, so you're lazy and you just yep. <laughs> it's called okay. copy and paste, people. Um, anyway, former no, this it, it it still gets better. Former soldiers use AI to wage war on convenience store lines. Oh, okay. <laughs> And finally, one that might actually work. AI plus a chemistry robot finds all the reactions that will work. Now, that seems just like a loop for a couple of arrays for me, but I don't know where you need AI. I could write that in basic. That's just a for then loop. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. So that is this week in AI bullshittery. All right. That's good. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. You know, back in the day when we were young and and kind of interested in the Internet and and creating things just for shits and giggles, I would have gone back and written a a plug-in for a browser that would be an AI inserter into headlines. Just (laughs) any headline on any site that you go to, no matter what it's about, it'll insert AI. I was just thinking one that just turns AI into bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) That'll work, too. Yeah, just a find and replace that turns AI (laughs) to bullshit. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the real news here. Okay. It was Prime Day this week, and oh god, I had so many stories about this. These are the greatest deals on Prime. Go get them now while they're hot. I used to say that Twitter had the best PR in the world because hashtags and all that is is on everything all the time. Even though Twitter really doesn't quite get the traffic that some other sites do, uh, I'm starting to think that Amazon has the best PR ever because Prime Day is such a load of crap. <laughs> 
and all of a sudden everybody has to talk about it. They've made it into an actual real holiday. I know. <laughs> it's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is most people don't realize that it's it's Amazon's way of getting rid of all the shit in their warehouse they couldn't sell. Yes, like, here's a deal on something nobody wanted to buy all year long, and we need the space. So we're going to give you this piece of shit that you would normally pay five dollars for for four seventy five. Get it out of our warehouse. I think it's a it's just a virtual outlet mall. Yeah, <laughs> it's all the old crap. <laughs> well, yeah, the people in the EU. Uh, I I don't even know if. if England is part of this one because they're not going to be part of the EU anymore. Oh, oh they're listed. Uh, Amazon boycott unites workers, gamers, shoppers for Prime Day protest. Basically, everybody that works for Amazon in <laughs> in Europe said, you guys suck. It sucks working here. We're going to take a day off and protest. Hmm. And good. This, good on yeah, them. Yeah. And unfortunately, it didn't really do a damn thing for the bottom line, but uh, it's it's good that people over there are fighting back and maybe they'll get better working conditions because we've had many stories about how horrible it is to work in the Amazon fulfillment centers. You know, oh, yeah. long hours, slave drivers, like, you know, they won't even turn on the AC in some of them, which is just crap. But here's the bright side for these people. AI and robots will soon replace their jobs. <laughs> That's just true. You won't be working there for long. Yep. Don't so you worry uh, about it. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> Wave that flag of protest while you can. Uh, and I did yes. have a hell of a time getting some of the stuff that I wanted on Prime Day, and it wasn't even Prime deals. I was just going to get my normal stuff, and I couldn't even check out. It was crazy. But uh, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of reported outages on Monday. Uh, let's see. What does it say? According to the website Down Detector, Amazon began experiencing issues at around 3:04 p.m. Eastern Time, and more than 20,000 people have flagged issues with the cart tool, Prime Video, product pages, and other features. The issues appear to be ongoing, but it did not stop people because they made boatload of money yeah yep <laughs> the biggest sales day in its history yeah oh my god far exceeding one billion dollars in sales this year one billion dollars over a hundred million products were sold Jeez, that's a lot of shit that people didn't need yes and, it is. <laughs> and here's the fun part because uh, if you went to whole foods in the morning and spent ten dollars you would get ten dollars in prime day credit so you'd have to go home and then spend that ten dollars on prime day crap which you know you're never going to hit the normal ten dollars so it was a thing to say oh well this is eleven dollars so i'm going to spend two dollars extra and you know they'll yes. upsell you on it and crap like yeah. that so i went to whole foods okay and i looked around yes whole foods in california <laughs> is one of the most ridiculously stupid overpriced stores i've ever been to in my entire life you now, have to be qu quite savvy to shop at whole foods which i am sadly okay uh, so yes. They they just opened a Bristol Farms down the road. And as you know, Bristol Farms is like where the really snooty people go shop. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Bristol Farms prices are way better than Whole Foods. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be a little crazy. And yeah, I mean, I'm like, even with my prime discount, it was I'm like, I'm not paying three dollars for an avocado. I don't care if this is the best avocado in the world. I don't care if this avocado is going to blow me before I eat it. no. I'm not paying $3 for an avocado. It's ridiculous. So I skipped my $10 credit for the day. Did you? Uh, oh, you were in Canada, so you couldn't I wasn't do it. here. So, yeah, yeah. I, was, uh, was not, uh, I was not around. I was just watching the, the mayhem occurring online and wondering where we all went so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, with all of that, then Jeff Bezos became the most richest man in history for a little bit. 
But yes. yeah, when, when adjusted for inflation, of course. And when adjusted, of course, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, supervillain in the making right there. Mm-hmm. We'll see what he's going to do. Now, speaking of other supervillains, Google was fined a record $5 billion by the EU for their Android antitrust violations. That's that's a lot of coin, even for Google. Even for Google, that's a bunch of cash. Yep. And yep. now they're saying they may have to charge for Android now to get around the regulations because saying... That, oh, we're giving away Android and requiring you to put Google on the homepage. That's an antitrust violation. So yeah. now they may have to start charging for it. Way to go, EU. You, you know where they won't ever have to do that? Here. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Because, you know, we don't we don't care about such things anymore. Antitrust. What is that? What, what is, is that? It? Oh, you know what it is? It's a mediocre movie from the mid-90s. That's what antitrust was. That's Although right. I did I did kind of enjoy that movie. I'm sure you didn't, but never saw it. I don't think you never saw antitrust. Oh, you got to go watch it. It's fun. It's very okay. fun. It's it's you know what it is. It's like the circle 20 years before the circle came out and done much better. It's weird that you mentioned the circle because I actually saw 30 minutes of it the other day. And I'm oh. like, why the hell am I watching this piece of crap? God. <laughs> Hopefully you poured <laughs> some like, you know, uh, peroxide in your ear to get it out of your brain. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, uh, we've got a couple links about the, the case in the show notes if you want to go deep on it. But uh, yeah, for the most part, they're just saying that they're using this free OS that is for everybody. But they're putting caveats on how people can use it, what they can do with it, how you can't fork it and make your own versions of it. There's just too yeah. many restrictions around the base platform and they're forcing people to put Google in it to put gotcha. it out there. So that's where the antitrust really comes in. Now, I found this one on The Verge. It's a cute little movie called Movie Pass is Using You to Ruin the Movies. <laughs> and I really like it. It's like a four and a half minute video. It's well worth watching. And it kind of breaks down how Movie Pass just sucks. And uh, how they didn't have any business plan and the financials never made any sense whatsoever. Oh, you mean everything that we said about the company since they went into business and came on the radar? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 that. But he, oh, so it says all that stuff, does it? It does say that stuff, but it goes <laughs> okay. a little deeper and it talks to some theater owners and things like that. And uh, it's just, it's funny now that, okay, yes, now movie passes out there. Now AMC's like, hey, that's actually not a bad idea, but we're only going to do it for our theaters. We're going to charge more because we don't want to lose money and we'll see how that works out. But at least for AMC doing it, I think AMC making a subscription plan is not a bad move. But the movie pass move is just pure, just, just, you know, put the money on the ground and light it on fire. There's just yeah. nothing that's going to come out of this. There's no way that they're going to make this profitable. I don't care how many users you have. The more, actually, the more users you have, the more it costs the, more money the you shareholders. Lose. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah, I mean, that's exactly the model. But this, this being where we are as a society, what's the point in just having one bad business model out there? Other people should copy it. What? Right. So there's another one called Cinemia. Oh, you got to be kidding which is me. Exactly MoviePass, except they're doing even more to ch try to get people to sign up for it. They're now offering, in addition to the movies, for, for a price that is not sustainable for them to run a business, they're also going to offer you free dinner. You get $25 in free restaurant.com <laughs> gift certificates every month with your subscription. Oh, man. So they, so they went, they're doubling pass. down money on left the dumb shitter. <laughs> movie pass, you're losing, losing money left, right, and center. Hold my beer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is the hold my beer economy. <laughs> exactly. You've got a horrible idea. Let's do it, too. Oh, man. I let's. Don't... 
Oh, oh you're so giving you're giving you're not giving away enough money. Let's give away some more. <laughs> exactly. So you twenty five dollar exactly. free restaurant.com gift certificate. And I'm I'm sure that restaurant.com is is banking on nobody ever using that gift certificate. Well, again, the same thing with MoviePass. It's it's the gym model. It's mm-hmm. please, yep. please please forget that you're paying us this every month and never ever use it because if you do, we're screwed. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna sell you something that if you actually use is going to break our business. Yeah. I think, right. you know, I if I was going to invest in a company, I would say, what if 100% of the people that you're selling this product to actually use it? In most cases, that would be a good thing. <laughs> that would really be a good thing. I've got 100% market penetration for my product. Everybody that I sold it to is using it. You're so Web 1.0, Jason. I know. I haven't pivoted, Brian. No. I have not have pivoted. Pivot. You have to pivot to losing money, Jason. Oh, you got to pivot to disrupt, man. You got to pivot to disrupt. <laughs> I'm trying to make a song out of that in my head. Cruel to be kind. Okay. Pivot call, to disrupt. <laughs> call Andy Stachansky. Get him on that. Okay. We'll work on that. We need, we need more songs on these shows. I agree. <laughs> Uh, we got some great articles from our listeners, so thank you so much for that. Uh, the first is from Seth, Blockchain Lessons. I just love that he has blockchain <laughs> in there. Uh, he sent us a link. Facebook's moderators disturbing policies exposed in undercover footage. Undercover. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this is one of the uh, one of the outsourced companies over in Dublin, Ireland, where uh, people are going through stuff and, and you know, taking it down, basically. And uh, content moderator trainer can be seen in the clip saying that the only time they follow up on disturbing content is when it meets their escalation criteria. So they showed all these different things kind of just getting through uh, horrible stuff. You can read through, through the article if you want to. And it's funny because he sent this a couple days ago. And just yesterday, I attempted to post a YouTube link to an official video for a client and promote it on Facebook, and they refused, refused to allow me to do so. They kept not approving my, my, my uh, ad buy, saying the video does not meet their content guidelines with no explanation of how or why it's not meeting content guidelines in it because it's just a fucking music video. There's nothing in it. <laughs> it's a music video. And I can't get that posted, but all of this weird-ass shit gets through. <laughs> oh, Nice. Oh, well, so and then right film sleep repeats sent us uh, an article. Facebook will not remove fake news, but will demote it. And he says, you have to marvel at the hypocrisy. And I do. (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's insane. So instead of just out and out banning fake news on the site, they're going to use their algorithms so it doesn't get spread so much. Okay. (laughs) Or you could just fix the problem. Fix the problem. Jesus. Yeah. And he also sent us one, the cameras that know if you're happy or a threat. And he says <laughs> he thinks that we could be in some trouble now with this development because uh, they're using AI tech to spot specific, suspicious behavior by reading facial cues imperceptible to the untrained eye. So they're going to start <laughs> being able to figure out what kind of mood we're in. <laughs> oh, okay. is, this, is it the FU cam? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, uh, here comes Grumpy Brian. Uh, call me when they have the grump prediction in, and then I'll I'll, I'll go buy one. But no, what? <laughs> God, these people. Yeah, people, people. So people. again, as you're seeing through a lot of the headlines and and the news stories being sent to us, I don't think Twitter has to worry too much. Everybody is hating on Facebook right now. So here's another one that we got sent from Paul. Congratulations, Mr. President. Zuckerberg secretly called Trump after the election. Internal documents show Facebook's own marketing strategy was influenced by what it learned from its ve- most valued customer, the Trump campaign. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no collusion. No collusion. <laughs> nope. Nope. All those rubles put to good use. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> oh, and and in the I don't know if you listened to the Recode interview with the Zuck. 
I couldn't. I couldn't. Boy, oh boy, he stepped on his own dick a few times, didn't he? I I couldn't listen to it. I I don't <laughs> care about this kid anymore. I really do no. not care about this. It's kid. become increasingly clear that he actually has no idea how people really use Facebook because he's not like, human. He, he's not, and he doesn't understand how it's actually being used. And he seems to be stuck in some like ivory tower somewhere, just taking money baths. Well, I mean, yes, he already knocked down all of his neighbors' houses and has like Mossad <laughs> agents protecting him all like twenty four seven. So. Yeah, he's he's in a world of his own. He just never, you know, he's like he's like a child star, never got a chance to really grow up and whatever. (laughs) But uh, and the new one. And and by the way, he is Jewish and he says Holocaust deniers are making an honest mistake. So we're not going to remove their posts from Facebook. Um, How is it an honest mistake? No, they're just fucking retarded. I'm sorry. They are. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> that's it. That that I, I I don't say that very often, but on this one I will I will drop the the R word. Drop the R word. I'm going to drop the I R word. Tempted to get banned from this show, but Jason snuck one in again. I did sneak one in. Uh, new laws are forcing Airbnb to open its books to New York authorities. Interesting. Okay. I would I, I look forward to seeing these books. <laughs> New York City Council has voted in favor of a new law requiring Airbnb and similar home share company. Who who else is out there? There's a bunch. Anybody like the size of Airbnb, though? I've never heard. Of no, anybody, no. So no, there's a lot of hyper local ones and things like that, though. OK, yes. Uh, so they basically say it's common sense for the local government to be informed of the number and nature of residents using this service. So, yes, that's how government works. Exactly. God. <laughs> Yes, we're trying to stop illegal short-term rentals here. That's what it's all about. So, mm-hmm. Transparency and accountability, people. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Airbnb has been warned that it breaches EU rules over pricing policies. Okay. So we'll see how this goes out. It, they're basically on the hook now to get back to the EU and say, hey, um, you, you guys are kind of not doing things right. You're You're charging people money that wasn't on the bill at the beginning and you're charging them after they leave for cleaning and other services and other add-ons and they're saying wait hold on a second they're so you're saying you're telling me that airbnb is doing the same things that normal hotels always do to us pretty much i thought they were disrupting the hotel industry wait now that they're becoming the same thing interesting you become what you hate brian you become what you hate apparently you do yes and IBM is demanding $167 million from, get this, Groupon for using its patents. They don't have $167 million. That's the only reason I put this in the show notes. I'm like, does IBM not know it's Groupon? They've got like seven bucks left. Come on. That's okay. Groupon's going to give them a Groupon to get a discounted price for that. <laughs> Normally, you would pay $167 million, but for you, $20 million. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, and by the way, fuck IBM for enforcing software patents. I agree with that one. Yeah. And uh, BMW is getting into the ride sharing service in Seattle. Hmm. Why? Why? Oh, I know why. Because nobody's buying cars anymore because everybody's using ride sharing services. So the only way people are going to be able to have cars in the future is if they drive for one of these damn services. Yeah, they're seeing the writing on the wall about the future in 10 years. It's like, oh, God, nobody's going to buy a car. We're fucked. Yep. Pretty much. So, yeah, that's why GM's into it. Toyota, Volvo, everybody's getting into this because the cars are going to cost three hundred thousand dollars in about 10 years because they're only Mm -hmm. selling, you know, a hundred thousand of them every year.
This episode is sponsored by Privacy. Privacy is the first payments product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a regular credit card online. Privacy lets you generate a brand new Visa card number for every purchase you make online with one click with their browser extension or mobile app. We all buy stuff online more and more, and what Privacy does is give you a temp credit card number for every site you buy from. Never forget to cancel subscriptions or trials ever again. That alone is worth the price of admission, people. Oh, and oh yeah, the price of admission is free. They make their money the same way debit cards do with interchange fees paid by the merchants. And you know how skeptical we are of free services here on GOG. And these guys actually have a business model to back it up, which gives them the Grumpy Old Geek Seal of Approval. Shopping! I actually reviewed this product when they first launched, and... We're not just pimping this product because they paid us, but they did, so there you go. But I'm an actual customer and love what they're doing. If you use a password manager, and why don't you if you listen to the show? Come on, people. It's only almost 300 episodes. Get a password manager. You should definitely use this. You don't use the same password everywhere. Why should you use the same credit card number? Cards are locked to a merchant, so you don't have to worry about changing your card everywhere if one gets hacked. And as we all know... (laughs) Every week, somebody gets hacked. Sign up takes less than two minutes, and like I said, it's completely free. So far, they've saved their customers over $100 million in unwanted and unauthorized charges. Look, it's controlled. You can freeze cards and set spending limits. It's secure. Cards lock to merchants, making them useless to thieves and hackers. It's private. Protect yourself from online fraud with virtual card numbers, and it's disposable. You can delete a card anytime and kiss those forgotten subscriptions goodbye. Oh, yes, thank you. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, just go to privacy.com slash GOG. That's $5 free to spend anywhere by just signing up. Come on, privacy.com slash GOG. This one's a no-brainer. Get on it now. Privacy.com slash GOG. Ups and doodads. So, Brian, I know it was Prime Day, but I was looking for something different. I was looking for an adjustable overbed sofa, table, couch, laptop, table, portable computer desk from 27.6 inches to 39.4 inches on wheels, laptop, cart for hospital and home office with bracket. Wow, that's a very specific thing you were searching for. Well, fortunately, that's the (laughs) Amazon title for the the object that I found. I would I, I look at it and I'm like. There's something wrong with this picture, and I just can't put my finger on it. Did you take a look at this? I did, and a friend of the show, Wendy, has done many, many pieces of very strange artwork wearing animal mask heads. I did not expect to see one for a desk on Amazon. That is that is currently unavailable, I might add, because probably <laughs> probably because it's a horse's head. I, it, it, and for, the funny thing is, it was available when I first found it. Hmm. Um there's a gentleman wearing what I think is a llama head mask right? Uh, looking at his computer on this desk. It is. Uh, I hope this is somebody's performance art. I really do. I hope this isn't a real product. They somehow snuck this in there. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting, but uh, the link will be in the show notes. Just go check out the picture. <laughs> I was just like, yes, well, that's, <laughs> well, well, that's a little odd is all I could say. <laughs> Oh, man. So I got a new uh, camera app for my iPhone. It's called okay. Moment Pro. Mm-hmm. It's one of those fun ones where you, you know, get get to get raw files and change things on the fly, like your aperture and your shutter speed and your ISO and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, not bad so far. It's okay. not bad at all. It's a pretty cheap app compared to some of the ones I bought. You know, I was like 645 Pro was one of the big ones. 
So when I got this app, I had the brilliant idea of getting rid of all of my photos on my phone that have been synced to iPhoto. I've been using iPhoto for like three years now. This sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, well, it's not actually because I was I'm always worried about because like I can't delete a photo on one place without it getting deleted from everything. And I don't know. It's all that stupid file format shit that Apple's using for their new, you know, photos from the phone. Yeah. So I had to upgrade my iMac to High Sierra overnight, let that go and, and you know, cross my fingers that when I woke up in the morning, my computer would work. Fortunately, right. it did. So then I could open up iPhoto because I couldn't even get the stuff out of iPhoto without upgrading to High Sierra, which is, mm-hmm. okay, a pain in the ass. Yes. Then I exported everything, 9,470 some odd photos from iPhoto as full res JPEGs and movies like 4K video and all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. just brought it into Lightroom and then deleted everything off iCloud. Gotcha. So that's a couple years worth of photos from my phone. So it's sphincter clenching to do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm tired of just having been like, you know, stuck with this damn stupid format that they're using on the iPhones now. Yeah. You know, I just I don't like it. It's not very good. That's why I was checking out Capture One a couple it was like almost a month ago now, because you can at least like pull in those photos in Capture One. But I kind of still like using Lightroom. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, convert it to JPEG and pull it in there and make it work. So I'm just I'm getting away from I'm just trying to get away from storing stuff on iCloud. And that way you can. If you can turn off the, you know, that format in in your phone settings, and then you can use software to just pull it off your phone, take the files off, and then back them up in your normal workflow. That's that's right. what I've gone to now because I'm just I, I'm terrified that iCloud is just one day going to go. Oh, <laughs> no, you can't have them back. Pretty, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we lost we've been, them. <laughs> yeah, we've been through this before, me and you. Usually with music. <laughs> yes. Yes. But. But with photos, I'm, I, you know, I have a very, you know, strong connection to my photography since that's what I was for so long. And I just want to keep all my photos and make sure they're safe. So, yeah, I'm done with iCloud with that. I just had to get rid of it. So good move. That was that was the, the morning. Fun times, fun mm-hmm. times. But yes. um, that's why, like with, with the moment stuff, it's cool because I can get raw files out of the camera and they actually are a little bit better. They're pretty big, but you don't get the artifacting you get with JPEG. So if you're trying to take photos or, you know, a, like, you know, some kind of semi-professional use you know, on your Instagram <laughs> yeah. that you put your your slogan over, you know, your your saying in the morning, your, your whatever self-realization bullshit that you're going to post <laughs> on Instagram. You can at least do it in raw format now. Oh, joy. Yay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And this one I put in for you because I saw this and I'm like, oh, Brian's got to get one of these. It's the Think Geek Star Wars Coffee Press R2-D2 Limited Edition 4-Cup French Press, and it includes a glass carafe, plunger, and filter. Nice. I do use a French press for my coffee every morning. I, I actually think that I have talked about this on this show before, uh, If only, as, as many of our listeners have complained. If only our search worked decent on WordPress. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I saw you put this in. I'm like, I'm almost positive I put this in the store in the show I, before. I thought maybe you had to have, and I was just forgetting it, but yeah. it's still pretty cool. So yeah. if you want a cool like Star Wars French press, it, or you can't you can't go wrong with R2D2. No, you can't. So <laughs> now this one is is interesting. It's not not normal tech that we talk about. This is the Resvani tank. This is a $300,000 SUV. <laughs> We're going to need a lot more Patreon subscribers. We really need you to bump up your Patreon <laughs> donations <laughs> for this one. 
Uh, the link is in the show notes. The The only reason I, I, I'm looking at this thing is because my roommate saw them here out because we live out by Calabasas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and this is that's where all the rich people live. That's where Kanye lives. It's where the Kardashians live. You know, yes. Dr. Dre lives like a mile away. Cause we're, we're in the, we're in that little part of town where it's like, you know, dilapidated <laughs> where all the poor people live. <laughs> and just right over the crest of the hill is like, you know, you go over and there's rainbows and unicorns and money. Yes. We're not in the money part of town. No, <laughs> no. But we get to see all the money people driving by and yes. people are driving by in these things. And I swear to God, if I was rich, I would get one of these in an instant. They're bulletproof. They've got smoke screens. They've got run flat tires. This is like the new Hummer. But it's, I don't unfortunately have three hundred thousand no, no, dollars. They've got gas masks inside. Bulletproof. It's, Come on, it's cool. I, I gotta tell you, it's good looking. Like I yeah. would buy a Jeep. I would buy a Jeep that looked like this. It's, it's a cool yeah. looking car. Uh, but yeah, it is funny. The, the website numerous defensive features. <laughs> it's just one of the uh-huh. one of the bullet points there. Well, yeah, when you scroll down, it's totally like smoke screens, electrified door handles, yeah, flat run tires, blinding lights. <laughs> it's pretty badass. <laughs> and you can get it in the available seven hundred and seven horsepower Hellcat V eight engine. Oh man, this thing is just. And you can't take the tires off. There's just so much in this thing that it's just like this is fucking Batman. I want to be Batman. <laughs> it is. It is. But does it come in blue? No. Well, actually, for that much money, I think they'll paint it whatever color you want. You can get oh, it yeah. in cornflower. They'll, they'll paint it for you for another $100,000. Exactly. You can get this in cornflower blue. <laughs> yeah. So Target has a secret app for super fans. There's a Apparently. super. Wait, 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 wait. Back, back the truck up there. There yes. are super fans of Target? You should have said back the tank up there, Jason. Oh, I'm Just sorry. Back the, the tank up. <laughs> there you go. <sighs> Apparently there are. So this is basically an Instagram clone, really, where they have uh, pictures of products and people post comments. And basically they're outsourcing uh, their, their product development to people that shop all the time at Target to keep the group at roughly 600 people, uh, which is about 0.002% of its weekly shopper base. Uh, the members are personally invited to take part, recruited online via online research and receipt polls. They are not paid for the service because why would they pay oh, God. anyone? <laughs> let's, let's, let's pay to have people do work. Nah, we can get it for free. Fuck That's them. why I put this in here. <laughs> here we are once again, basically selling ourselves out and, and offering up something that is of value for free. Well, not totally for free. You are getting discounts and gift cards. And they say the larger incentive is that these fans get to be part of a feedback loop, seeing and sometimes trying products early while encouraging targets to develop products that they would love to buy. They help to they they get to help shape target into the target they want. Oh, my God. These people have have no life. (laughs) Oh, man. Anybody with a real job that works for a living would be like, wait, you want me to do what? For free? Wait, I'm supposed to huh? tell you how to improve your own products for free? Yeah, they, huh. they, isn't that your job? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that in the grand scheme of things, making your products better is, I don't know, your job. Hey, outsource where you can, man. And if people are dumb enough to go for it, I guess that's where we're at. So. Yep. <sighs> Yeah, uh, we spent a couple weeks, months, whatever, over a year or two talking about Cody devices and the yes. Cody boxes, which is the uh, ways of getting TV illegally, basically. Of course, not just illegally. Obviously, there's internet programs that you can get with this completely legally, which yeah. is what everybody's using it for. 
<laughs> it's funny. I've never used my Cody box to actually download anything illegal. I watch like cable access channels from Ireland <laughs> and, and sheep herding and hurling. <laughs> so right. that's, I've never actually, I, I have a Cody box. I've got my Mugu guy pan box, but that's I've right. never actually downloaded anything illegal on my Cody box, which I thought is pretty funny. Well, there was a married couple in England who has made almost a million dollars by selling over 8,000 illicit streaming devices and setting up streaming services, and they've been caught and are sentenced to five years in jail because it's illegal. People, 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 you don't actually set it up with the illegal stuff on it. That's the, yes. that's the workaround. Yes, you you can have a website on your, uh, a page on your website that tells people how to do it. Yes, Just you don't can. don't do it themselves. <laughs> Come exactly. on. That's you know, it's like, it if, it, it's kind of like if, if I bought my new MacBook and it came with, you know, a subscription to my favorite torrent tracker and a copy of Transmit, like open, <laughs> pulling the yeah. feeds from it. That's yes. that would be illegal, but yes, I would. can I can buy a MacBook and then install that. That's the whole point. So if you sell a Cody box, you don't configure it for the user. You dumb shits. They deserve to be in jail just for sheer stupidity. There you go. Well, they are. Um, and as a somewhat related story, Fast Company is now reporting that over five million Americans will pull the plug on pay TV this year alone. A lot of people are cutting the cord. Wonder what they're replacing it with. It's funny. I had a DirecTV box installed this week in, into my bedroom so I could, because we have a DirecTV system in the house. And I'm sitting there chatting with the, the installer. And he's like, yeah, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be having a job. Everything's kind of moving to streaming. You can even stream all of the DirecTV stuff without having a dish now. And like, yeah. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be out here in the hot sun turning people's dishes to the southwest or whatever, southeast. <laughs> right. And uh, he was he was like he was legitimately concerned that he wasn't going to have a job in a couple of years. Well, he's smart to be thinking about it this early. Mm hmm. Yeah. So you and Jordan talked about the anchor uh, chargers when when uh, when you did the show without me. And yep. uh, it sounded wonderful. Yeah. So I immediately went and bought one. And it doesn't work with any of my devices. What the do hell? I have a, do I just have a bum unit? Do you have, you might have a bum unit. Do you have a massively thick case on your phone? I tried taking off the case on my phone and trying it without the case and it still would just blink blue. It wasn't charging. That, I think you got a bum unit because I've got four of these around the house and I can basically put, I've got a, a pretty thick case on my phone. I've got one of those Amazon basics, like super mm -hmm. hard plastic cases on my phone. Yes. Works with my, my iPhone 8, no problem. I've got it, uh, it works with my Galaxy uh, S7 Edge, no problem. So maybe you just got a bum unit because this thing is just fantastic. The only problem that I've discovered with it is it looks like a coaster. So I have actually put yes. my beverages on it. <laughs> That's the only thing. Yeah, there's uh, that. But yeah, so, for the uh, most part, yeah, yeah. I would send it back and, and try again because mine okay, works great. All right. Yeah. I will try that. And uh, my Apple Watch issue is back. It uh, the entire time I was in Canada, I guess I guess they wasn't able to obviously connect to the Verizon network. Uh, as soon as I came back home, even though I've called Verizon and I had them shut off the Apple Watch subscription for the third time, it's back. It just keeps trying to connect. I keep getting messages on my phone all the time. It's so annoying telling me that it, I need to go in and set up subscription service. I'm going crazy. I have to go to the stupid genius bar. Oh, man, <sighs> I'm so bummed out about this It's so annoying. Well, at least you don't have to go to the Genius Bar for your flying car. I've yet seen this new this new company called Opener. They mm -hmm. they launched their new vehicle called Black Fly. Mm -hmm. I I don't know about the name, but nope, that name. 
Bad news. Uh, they're Canadian. I guess yeah. uh, it's okay in Canada. Uh, did you watch the video on this? I did. It's cool as hell. I want one so bad. <laughs> they say that it's it, it's all electric, has fast charging, and it'll it'll like supercharge in thirty minutes. Uh, automatic return to home features, and it will cost about as much as a you know a high end SUV. Now, now that we know what a high end SUV can cost, which is three hundred thousand dollars <laughs> for the tank. <laughs> yeah, I'm not super excited about it, but uh, this thing is cool. And the big news that came out about this is it's partially funded by Larry Page. All I haven't right. heard Larry Page's name in years. Nope. Been a He's while. been kind of on the down low. So Larry Page has three of these companies now. He's got uh, Cora, which is a two-seater flying taxi. Then he went with a sporty flying boat called Flyer. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of those are from a company called Kitty Hawk. And now uh, Opener is the next one. I don't know why they named their company Opener for a flying car. I don't mm, get yeah. that. Um, it should be called Bird. It really actually should. <laughs> you know, maybe they can buy it from Bird when they go out of business because that's going to be pretty quick here. Yes. I thought we were going to get through this whole episode without talking about these goddamn scooters, but yeah, Not to bring it up. Chance. Not, Not a, a chance. Not a chance. Anyway, yeah, the, the only problem with the the Blackfly is it's a one-seater. They need a right. two-seater. because I agree. It'd be hard to go out on a date by yourself. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, that's the that's the proposition for this thing. It's like, hey, baby. Want to go for a ride in my flying car? Because <laughs> no. what mean, was that movie with Michael Keaton where they were the advertising executives? I just always remember that one line: uh, "Porsche for for guys nope, who nope. want hand jobs from women they don't know." It was actually uh, it, it was Jaguar because oh, I know, Do you know? Do you know why I know this quote? Why? There's a poster in the movie, Jaguar for women or for men who want hand jobs from women they don't know. It's, it was an eight-foot poster on the wall of the advertising agency. When I worked yeah. at Paramount, my friend John had that poster that he got from the set, and he, oh, gave it, he gave it to me, and I had it in my house for years, and I never put it on the wall. <laughs> and when I moved, I eventually gave it to somebody else. It's, it's, it's still out there somewhere, but I had that poster from the movie in my house. That's amazing. <laughs> that is absolutely yes. amazing. That's Jaguar. For men who want hand jobs from women they don't even know. <laughs> and now we have a show title. And I don't think it was Michael Keaton. It was uh, the guy from Arthur. What's his name? Oh, oh, Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore. I thought it was Dudley Moore. We'll, okay, we'll dig that up and put a link in the show notes. I've never actually seen the movie, but I'm pretty sure it was Dudley Moore. It's hilarious. Ah, uh, yes. So there you go. So when you, when you want to reach around from the back of the cockpit, <laughs> there you go. Get yourself a black fly. Media Candy. The other night I was watching the Jim Jeffrey show and he announced that he had a new special on Netflix. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. So I stayed up to like midnight watching it in my room and uh, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. He's still my favorite working comedian. And his new special is called Jim Jeffries. This is me now on Netflix. And it's just as funny as all of his other stuff. <laughs> it was so <laughs> good. Uh, I don't know. Have you got a chance to watch it yet? I have not watched it yet, but I will because I'm a I'm a big fan as well. Okay, yeah, it's it's well worth it. He's he's just so damn good. Yep. Well, Bill Maher has a new comedy special live from Oklahoma, and it's on HBO. I did watch that, and I have to say, if you watch Real Time with Bill Maher, you don't need to see a stand up. Uh, well, I don't it's watch the Real same Time. thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to watch it at all because you know my feelings about Bill Maher. 
Yeah, I know. You're not a huge fan. It's a bit like if Adam Carolla were to put out a comedy special or a book or anything, because if you listen to his podcast, he's just recycling all that stuff. And Bill Maher is recycling all his bits from his show. Well, uh, Adam Carolla just uh, recorded his Netflix special. So well, can can't wait that. to not see that. Yep. And uh, he's got a, He's got a new book coming out, too. So it's like his fourth. Can't wait to book. not read that. Uh, his book, his last book, uh, like we'll all be, we'll all be chicks in fifty years or something like that, uh, yeah. was actually pretty funny. I enjoyed it. But... I, I don't, I don't say that they're not funny, but it is all because I listen to his podcast regularly. It's all, it's all taken from his podcast. I've heard every single joke before. There's not a single new thing in there. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, so. the problem is he's podcasting all the time and doesn't go out and have enough new shit happen to him. Exactly. That's that is one of the problems with uh, being on the air all the time. Yes. Um, now, remember the podcast S-Town? I, I talked about it on the show when it came out from the people who made Serial. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're being sued by, okay. the, by the estate of the dead guy in S-Town. And I'm right. like, yeah, I can see that. I can Me see too. that. Because they, they never actually got written permission from the guy who they talk about in the stories to actually publish his stories, especially some things about his sexual orientation and exploits. So, and the guy's dead now, and he can't come back and say, uh, yeah, you shouldn't have said that stuff. So, you know what? Go for it, guys. I hope you win. You, you think NPR would have been better about this? Well, it, well, NPR's claimed in the suit, but also Serial, because it was, yeah. it's, you know, it, it was a separate company at that point. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, because I, I think the guy was at NPR when he first started the, the saga to do that. But, yeah, all in all... It's like you gotta you, you can't just put people's stories out there without a written release. You have no. to at least have a release, even you know a recorded verbal release, which they didn't have. No, so they're gonna. They're, yeah. I think they're gonna lose this one in in massive fashion. Yep, I think so too, and I think that will be the end of this particular company. No, it won't be. Damn well, it. actually, it might be because you know what, Serial was kind of a flash in the pan. Serial season two sucked. Mm. Yep. Remember that with the soldier. Yep. And I, I guess they're working on season three or maybe season three has even come out and I haven't even heard about it. But Definitely I, possible. I, I think the days of serial are over. I hope yes. I hate that overproduced bullshit. <laughs> Listen to our underproduced bullshit. Yes, that's what we do. That's what podcasting's all about. The voice of the people. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you mentioned I've been traveling and uh, I used to do uh, watch. Basically, I would watch all my movies when I was flying and I would get very drunk and yes. come and do uh, drunk airplane movie reviews. Um, now I have a kid and I fly with a kid. So we have painfully sober airplane movie reviews uh, again. OK, what I you saw got Bl- Blade Runner 2049. Yes. Didn't need to see it. Didn't need to have been made. It looked pretty. Here's the thing. You watch this on an airplane. If you'd have seen this in the theater the way it was meant to be seen, it's really good. It's an experience. It's a, it's an experiential movie. The movie itself is kind of meh, but when you're in a 70 millimeter theater with everything going on, it was actually really enjoyable. I was expecting some story. Nah, there wasn't much story. No, nah. there wasn't. <laughs> so I, I also saw Justice League. I'm sorry. Not as bad as I was led to believe it would be. This has the same issue that <laughs> Superman versus Batman had, where it's like you expect it to be the worst thing ever in the history of movies, and it's just like, meh, it wasn't so bad. It, it wasn't so bad. I <laughs> thought it was fine. <laughs> meh. Yes. And finally, I <laughs> <Meh> watched stars. <laughs> yeah, I gave it two mehs up. <laughs> 
And uh, finally, I watched The Post, which uh, was exquisitely well made, exquisitely well acted and incredibly painful to watch because, you know, of the world that we live in now. It was obviously crafted in a in a crafted to win Oscars, but uh, it was good. I started to watch and I found it exquisitely boring. (laughs) I liked it. I thought it was very good. Okay, I just I did not find that worth watching at all. So I deleted it. That's what I do. Um, and now HBO has ordered a science fiction series from Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. We'll see. He's going to write and produce this one, and it's called The Nevers. I don't know. Here's I mean, where you lose me. It will be about a gang of Victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities. <laughs> and what? will face off against <laughs> relentless enemies. This is basically Buffy 1800 edition, is what it sounds like. Yeah. But you know what? After the Avengers, I would rather him do this than anything else. I didn't like the dollhouse. I thought the dollhouse was shit. Uh, Even Eliza Dushku couldn't save it, even though I think she's one of the hottest women on TV ever. But uh, because she played Faith in Buffy and she was so hot as Faith. But I couldn't even get past that. So the dollhouse was crap. (laughs) And the Avengers, whatever. And now this, we'll see. I just go back to Firefly. Finish that. Damn it. Bit late. I know, I know. Serenity kind of killed all my favorite characters, so what are you gonna mm. do? At the library. I got a bunch of stuff this week on over on Audible. I got Unseen mm-hmm. Academicals, the old Terry Pratchett novel from the Discworld. Now, this is a new version, and I think this is in partnership with the BBC because it has all of the major players in it, and it's about soccer. I don't know if you remember Unseen Academicals. I, I do. I yeah. Do. It's, a, it's a great story. It's very funny. It's Romeo and Juliet wrapped in soccer. And it's called Foot the Ball is what, what they called Foot it the in ball. the show. Foot the Ball. It was very funny. And the production was amazing. It was about four and a half hours. Well done. So it's abridged. But all in all, I thought it was excellent for, you know, just a, a full cast, serious recording. It's not one of the it's this is not a podcast. This is a serious production. With right. all of the trimmings from the BBC or Audible, whoever did it, it was great. I fully recommend this if you're a Terry Pratchett fan and love the book. It was it was well done. Extremely well done. Next up, I broke the rule, Brian. I'm sorry. Okay. I broke mm-hmm. the rule. I got the yes. next version of the Expeditionary Force uh, series. Uh-huh. Um, I should sh- you have waited a bit longer? I should have. I really okay. should have. I, there's a reason that we have the rule, and I broke the rule, and by the end of the book, I'm like, okay, I need to take a break. Um, it was a very good book. It was a very good book. I'm not sad that I got it, but it was um, the a lot of the tropes were wearing thin by the end, because yeah. the, the snarky AI is very funny in small doses, but at the end, I'm like, okay, enough, enough. He thinks we're monkeys. Great. Enough. We get it. He's smart. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, See, you so, need time to forget that from the first book. Exactly. That's, 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 that's the why thing. we have this rule. Yeah, you have to forget. And uh, have you finished the second book of the Murderbot Diaries? I am 75% of the way through it and enjoying it. Okay, good. I'm only 33% through. I'm enjoying it, but I don't find it as good as the first one yet. So uh, I will trudge through that by next week. <laughs> <laughs> Someday we'll get there. Uh, but I did listen to another book called Starship Grifters, a Rex Nile- Nileo. A- Nihilio. Cornholio. <laughs> Cornholio. Um, so I listened to Starship Grifters, a Rex Nileo adventure by Robert Cruz. 
or Crawls, or I don't know how you pronounce his name, but okay. uh, this is one of the funniest books I've read slash listened to in a very long time. It is very much like if Douglas Adams wrote the script of Star Wars or right. Solo, because Rex Nilio is very much the Han Solo character. Gotcha. There's, there's robots. There's uh, it's it's. It's a very complicated story, but it is extremely well done and extremely funny. And Oh, and you have to throw in a bit of space balls in there as well. <laughs> nice. Um, if you want a very funny sci-fi story, it is top of my list. Top of my list. It's a, about an A minus. I would give this an A minus. It wasn't as, I mean, it's not as good as like, you know, a hitchhiker's would be, but it is very right. reminiscent of the Douglas Adams style. It is just funny as shit <laughs> so i highly recommend this book and i i'm going to wait i'm going to wait there's a second one but i'm going to wait <laughs> i promise idea. i promise this was kind of my my step back away from the other two series and gotcha. i think i might need to read like some elizabethan fiction or something to clear my mind from all the sci-fi that i've been right. reading but uh it, well, it, you can, you cannot you can't you can't go wrong with this book starship grifters I've I've got something that you could maybe read as a palate cleanser. It's not a book. It's a long, long, long form article over on The Verge uh, about books that we will never cover on the show. Romance books. Oh, is this, the, this is the, the big this is cocky gate? Oh, cocky gate. <laughs> oh, come on. This <laughs> is a wonderful read. It is thoroughly enjoyable. Hats off to the author, Sarah Jung, I believe. Uh, I I started reading this thinking, OK, I'm going to get like three minutes into this and I'm going to get what I need to get to put it in the show notes because it's all about how these authors kind of banded together into different cabals to, and figured out ways to game Kindle's unlimited algorithm to to basically win. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and I just kept reading and laughing and reading and laughing. And this is a wonderful read. It is just fantastic. Go read this, Jason. It is hilarious uh, diving into this world. These authors are crazy. But what they figured out, very smart. They did figure out a way to game the system there. So they did it. And uh, it is. I'm not going to spoil it. You got to read it. Fantastic. All right. I will check it out. Security? Ha! We're back this week with Dave Bittner from the CyberWire podcast, back from the beach. Hopefully he didn't get too much sunburn. The CyberWire is a free community-driven cybersecurity news service based in Maryland. Dave is also the co-host of the amazing new Hacking Humans podcast, along with Joe Kerrigan, where they take on social engineering. Somebody well, changed you. my somebody changed my notes for me, and I was like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> yeah. I also I should have put in that he's tan, rested, and damn handsome. <laughs> Chiseled jaw, abs right. of steel. That's Ladies right. love That's him. Right. Men want to be him. Children respect him. Yeah. That's me. I, I write it here. It comes out there. That's yeah, nice. yeah. Obviously, I don't spot check my own copy. That's yeah, how that works. Good. It's good. Well, good to be back, guys. And yes, I, I am feeling uh, rested from a couple days uh, last weekend at the beach with uh, young Jack, who CyberWire listeners are familiar with. He's a regular guest on <laughs> on our show. We, we do fun <laughs> things with him. Um, but a busy week this week. Um, mm hmm. Jumping right into it, uh, this uh, news about the Samsam ransomware hitting LabCorp. Uh, they are, of course, the largest um, clinical lab in the U.S. They do all sorts of blood testing. Yes. And uh, they got hit by Samsam ransomware. Uh, Couldn't now happen to a worse company. <laughs> God, I hate their billing. <laughs> yeah. 
is I mean, is there a medical company out there right now where you where you feel good about their billing? I... No, no, that, that's fair. <laughs> uh, at least in the in the U.S. Uh, for our international listeners, yes, it really is that bad here. Um, now, what's interesting, uh, w- one of the reasons I put this in here is I was actually in a LabCorp uh, location earlier this week with a family member. Uh, this was announced last Monday, and I was at a LabCorp on Tuesday, and there was not a powered-up computer in the place. Oh, old school. Everything was being done with pen and paper. They were writing names and birth dates <laughs> on vials of blood. Um, it was dusting off their fax machines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was, it was, uh, you could tell they were a little bit harried, but, um, afterwards I reached out uh, to some of the folks I know, you know, security researchers and they said, yeah, basically LabCorp was, uh, using an abundance of caution when it came to, uh, to this attack. And, and it sounds like they did a good job with it. They were not down for very long. It did affect thousands of servers, but when you're, a, um, I'm, yeah, 1,900 servers, 7,000 systems. When you're a company as big as LabCorp is, that's a drop in the bucket. So it sounds like their team did a good job of getting on this quickly. Mm-hmm. They, it says that under an hour they were able to neutralize it. So It can be done, people. It can. And, you know, good for them. They're an easy company to not have good feelings about <laughs> if, you're a, <laughs> if you're somebody in the United States. But uh, got to give it, at least their security team credit. Uh, sounds like they were on top of this one. Yeah. This one I found this morning from Bleeping Computer. Half a billion IoT devices vulnerable to DNS rebinding attacks. And always remember, the S in IoT is for security. So, <laughs> or yeah, Armis Armis is a cybersecurity firm. Have you guys covered those guys on uh, the CyberWire before? Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, okay. I, I I haven't heard of them, so this is a new one for me. But they have discovered the Blueborn vulnerabilities in the Bluetooth protocol, and uh, basically what is happening is this DNS rebinding attack, where they can change your DNS servers in your IoT devices and then point basically any domain to where they want it to go and this is honestly i was having a hard time wrapping my head around i had to read through this a couple of times to really get a a sense for what really is going on here is it clear to you do you do you get what they're doing here right when you control the dns server you know because basically at any time you type in a url it goes to the dns server the dns server translates that name into the ip address where it should go where right. the actual request should go so if they can get in there and switch the dns servers to something that they control well then it's just you know game on and then they can you know take the information that's coming from your client l- look at it analyze it and forward it on to the actual client if they want to but it's kind of like a man in the middle attack sort of mm. where they can they can point it to their servers do whatever they want to with data that's coming in or send you back false data and or pass stuff on. Very dangerous stuff. That's why you always want to be in control of your own DNS. The big problem here is how many devices are vulnerable to this? Half a billion is not not we. It's, <laughs> it's not, not we. It's not a small amount, no. Yeah, and uh, they're, they're finding flaws in Blizzard apps, so no more StarCraft for me today. Uh, uTorrent, <laughs> which most people on PCs, if you're going to Sweden, you're going to use uTorrent. Uh, Google Home, not uh, not a small one. Roku TV, which I have, fuck. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Sonos devices, which I also have, double fuck. So, <laughs> so hopefully yeah. these people are going to be putting patches out for this stuff. But we know how that goes. But yeah, this is this is kind of a major one. It really yeah. is, uh, and, and I guess the 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 uh, 
the bottom line is that this allows them to have a view inside your local network that they otherwise would not be able to have. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. and they can also send back payloads that could actually, you know, compromise the devices that are there. They, they mean that they've already compromised it with the DNS, but they can actually put on more payloads that come back and then can be run on your devices. Hmm. If only people working in security had been saying something about the potential downfalls of the Internet of Things. <laughs> oh, only. I wonder who would have said that. <laughs> hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, Shocking. it's a shame that nobody <laughs> nobody threw out a warning, uh, you know. Just a shame. Security <laughs> is expensive, though. Security is expensive. We cannot be competitive if we have to be secure. Spend money on securing these devices. Yeah, I just and and now I'm kind of freaked out because I just put in a new uh, smart plug that I bought like ages ago. One of those smart plugs that are you know Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and all that yeah. mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in my in my bedroom to turn on my TV and stuff to like so the vampire power for my TV doesn't cost me more money. Right. But uh, now I'm just like, oh, maybe that was a bad idea. Because <laughs> connected to that is goes through the power to the Xbox, the DirecTV, the Roku stick, and my regular TV, and a couple other devices. I'm like, oh, man, I don't think they can do anything with it. But I just, I, I don't like these smart home, you know, just attack vectors that, that are out there. Yeah. I was so happy to have a dumb TV in my room. And what, what's the first thing I do? Plug it into a smart plug. You attach a smart I'm plug. An <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and I, oh, and I well. suppose that, I mean, the, the coverage of this seems to indicate that there really is no easy fix. There, it seems like it's something we're stuck with because of how many devices that it affects and how many of these devices are kind of set it and forget it devices. Yeah. And how many companies have gone out of business. Yeah, and there yeah, is no more great, support. Great, yeah. Yeah. It's a great point yeah. too. Yeah. And you only need it only takes one, right? You only need one of these on your network and they're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. I mean, this attack is over ten years old, so it's nothing right. new. Right. So we can just give up. Let's just go home. We're got, we're calling it a day. Dave, go back to the beach. We're done. Okay. Well, let's just turn off all the like they did at LabCorp. Let's just turn off yeah. all the computers and everything by paper. By I'm fine with I'm, I'm fine I'm fine with killing trees. Forget it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, oh, you're man. not really not going to want to hear this next story if we're ready to call it quits just after the IoT, because uh, you know that election hacking that didn't happen because it's fake news. That's well, it right. Didn't it no didn't collusion. happen again? <laughs> didn't it didn't happen again? I right. guess the election uh, hacking that didn't happen, but that the Russians are really happy to coordinate with us the the research into yes. the hacking that they say didn't happen. Yes. best idea ever. <laughs> Right. Okay. Yes. Go on. Proceed. Proceed. Well, Microsoft has closed on Thursday that it once again did not happen. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> nope. Oh, wait. Hold on. I think they're saying it did, and okay. that they just caught them doing it again. Apparently, it has identified and helped thwart hacking attempts on three congressional candidates earlier this year, marking the first publicly known hacking efforts targeting candidates in the 2018 midterm elections. Tim Burt, Microsoft's vice president for security and trust, said at the Aspen Security Forum. Earlier this year, we did discover that a fake Microsoft domain had been established as the landing page for phishing attacks. We saw metadata that suggested those phishing attacks were being directed at three candidates who are all standing for election in the midterm elections. Uh, Microsoft said that uh, they worked with the government and were able to take the domain down and block the phishing messages. They did not disclose the name of the candidates or what particular parties that they were for. But I have a guess. (laughs) It is worth noting that they're saying that they're seeing fewer instances than they did in 2016, but yeah. they were careful to say there's still plenty of time for things to ramp up 
Also, midterm elections, not quite as important as what we voted for in 2016. Yeah, so that's true. I, I would expect it to be a little bit lower level, but I'm expecting it to be happening. And we now are basically being told that, yes, it is happening. Right. Right. Oh, it's happening, people. It's the happening. It's the happening. The worst the movie ever happening. made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun times. Well, you know, to Microsoft's credit, this this came through the news this week. Microsoft is asking Congress to regulate facial recognition technology. Now, did any Microsoft. of you, any of you ever see this one coming? If there were going to be a company that would do it, that is involved within it, it would be Microsoft. Really? You think micro, not Apple? That's a good point. Okay, Apple and Microsoft, I, I both see as as pretty social or pretty security focused companies, uh, all things considered. Certainly more so than Google or Amazon or Facebook or any of the other large companies that we think of. So the right. difference yeah. there, though, is that Apple does not run a cloud computing infrastructure that people are using to run facial recognition technology on. Mm-hmm. So this is this is like they're beating Amazon to the punch on this one, saying, "Hey, guys." Our resources are being used for facial recognition technology that we don't actually agree with. So maybe we need to regulate this kind of stuff. So I, I you know, I give Feather in their cap for Microsoft for coming out first and saying that, yeah, this could be really bad because, you know, all of the stories that we've ever had about facial recognition, um, none of them were actually, you know, happy. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> yeah. remember, you know, remember whales. That's all I have to say. Remember whales. And... <laughs> Not whales in the ocean, whales the country with football and that kind of thing. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm pretty happy about this. And the ACLU has come out for a moratorium as well, saying that, yeah, this is really not where it needs to be right now. And we need to have some regulation about who's doing it, what's, what, you know, what the technology is, and should law enforcement have access to this nascent technology? Because we know most of the time it doesn't actually work. Not, not very well. Certainly well, not at this stage. Not entirely unrelated to this. You know, when I was at the beach last week, I was down in uh, Ocean City, Maryland, which is where <laughs> my got family... arrested for, yeah. for selling meth. <laughs> oh, I wasn't going <laughs> to. Yeah, I got I got flagged. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I've been vacationing there with my family since I was a young, young lad. So, uh, you know, it's a place I have great affection for. And uh, I noticed I was reading through one of the uh, the little you know throwaway newspapers, little resort newspapers that was in the condo we were staying in, and they were talking about how they had updated the parking technology for the main parking lot by the beach to use a license plate reading hmm. technology with your smartphone. So when you drive in, you tell them how long you think you're going to be there. And you give them a credit card, it scans your license plate. And then on the way out, if you don't exceed that, you're fine. On the way if you if it does, it charges you. You can add hours on your on the app, you know, that sort of thing. But uh it was interesting to me because here's like when you say what what's the upside to this? Well, that's a I think that's a good use of of license plate scanning technology. However, we saw another story related to this uh, in the past week or so where a chain of malls in California were being accused of sharing their license plate scanning data with ICE. Yeah. I mean, the problem is, is it's always unintended consequences. It's you, you look at something and go, OK, I can see a case use for this here. But then you think, oh, well, this company wants to make more money, so they may sell this information. And that's where 
the real problem comes because who knows where it then goes. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that we're starting to see some of the big companies call for regulation on some of these things. To, I, 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 do you suppose is that they're looking for a, a fair playing field? They're trying to get ahead of potential litigation. It seems like there's multiple directions this could that they could motivate them to do this. Uh, yeah, if you're going to be cynical, I think it's getting ahead of potential legislation uh, or and and lawsuits and things of that sort that that mm-hmm. will come out after this. I mean, I would I would like to think it's it's done out of some sense of of, of um, ethics, but of course that generally <laughs> that's generally you're never so the case. Funny. You're so funny. <laughs> uh, but I mean, we have seen recently a lot of companies' employees basically standing up and and saying, you know, we don't agree agree with the with the direction this company is going or working with the government or working with the military. Uh, so maybe there is more ethical movements going on within these companies that we're not aware of. Who knows? But is well, it, I'd, like to, I'd like to believe the dollar short. You know, I mean, it's, it's stuff's already out there. It's in the hands of the, you know, the corporate public. And well, I mean, you, you can make the Pandora's argument all you want about the box being open, but uh, it's open. It's not, sure. it's never going to, it's never going to close. So the question is, what do we do about it? And as mm-hmm. we always say on this show, regulate, regulate, regulate. Well, you say yeah. that. Yes. I think and- part of it also is if you have it done nationally, then as a company, you don't have to deal with it state by state where you could have a different regulation in every state. You know, for example, California takes the lead on privacy things. So if you have one, it's easier to have one rule and be able to lobby for one rule that you can agree upon rather than having 50 different states all with their own individual rules. And, yeah. you know, that sort of quagmire you get into with that. One rule to regulate them all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. So let's move on to our other favorite IoT device, smart TVs, which I just mentioned earlier. There are a couple senators who actually want the privacy invading crap that we've seen on smart TVs to be investigated. Remember the Vizio debacle? I yes. think I'm, I yes. think I, I, I can't remember who I, I, I misquoted who it was when a uh, Jordan Harbinger was here and I said it was uh, some other TV maker, but it was the Vizio TVs who were selling our data in our viewing habits. Mm-hmm. So uh, Senator Ed Markey and Richard Blumenthal are trying to get the FTC to actually, you know, investigate this stuff and maybe have some regulation about it. I'm fine with that. I'm mm-hmm. totally fine with that. You guys? I'm I totally it, fine with it. I yeah. think one of the biggest problems we're experiencing now with, with this, this golden age of the internet and big data is is we don't know where our data is going. going. It, it's one thing for the smart TV to be collecting my data to give me a better service. That's fine. It's another thing entirely for them to turn around and then sell that data to people I don't even know. And I don't know who they're selling it to. That's That's just not right. I think that yeah. what we need really is a blanket, you know, blanket legislation on if some company puts a microphone or a camera in your home, what they can do with that data, period. Right. You know, because hmm. if we're doing device by device, it's going to take forever to get through all this crap. And there should there, there needs to be kill switches on all this sort of store stuff. You should be able to turn it off easily without having to, like, go deep into a system. Well, yeah. and, and I mean, to extend that, should could we see, could we or should we see a requirement for all these things to be opt-in? Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. Oh, d- dream on. <laughs> dream on. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, yes. I know. It's all Skittles and daisies It is, it is an opt-out world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but but you know the the whole this whole notion that basically you can give away every shred of privacy by simply clicking through a EULA, mm-hmm. I think has to come to an end. Yes, I I hundred percent agree with you. It's it's just getting ridiculous at this point. So next up, we've got a story from uh, Gizmodo. This is from their UK edition, which uh, I noticed that it was from the UK edition because I was reading it. As I was reading it, they mentioned the American state of Oklahoma. And I thought, wait a minute, this must be the, <laughs> this must be the UK version. And sure enough, it was. Uh, they're reporting on an American engineer who is facing prison for taking a bunch of uh, military secrets from the US Navy and shuttling them over to his Dropbox. Oops, Which I find uh, interesting because Condi Rice, you know, is on the board for Dropbox. So I thought maybe you just, well, that's you know, how they, that's once how you they signed up for a Dropbox. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I thought thought maybe right, yeah, once, you, you once you signed up for Dropbox and pay the fee, maybe you get clearance. You know, <laughs> I thought maybe that was the perk for Dropbox. I thought, I thought it was kind of like when uh, U2's album just showed up on your iPhone. I right. thought if you got a Dropbox account, you got drone secrets. Well, the Lord so, knows, so, yeah, it's not as hard to get a clearance as it used to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> or at least, to, at least to keep one anyway. Uh, <laughs> so this gentleman, uh, his name is Jared Sparks. Uh, I thought you were going to say Oklahoma. Jared Kushner. I'm like, oh, I know that yeah. guy. <laughs> Something about Jared's. Yeah. Uh, his name is Jared Sparks, and he's from Oklahoma. He was found uh, guilty of multiple counts of theft of trade secrets, uh, according to the Justice Department. He could face up to 10 years in prison for each of these counts. Mm-hmm. So um, he was working, I believe he was working for a contractor. Yeah, he was working for a, a company called LBI. I'm not familiar with them. They're out of Connecticut. And they make underwater drones for the Navy, mm-hmm. which kind of sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, Super subs. Yeah. So he had access to all kinds of classified information, and he uploaded them to his Dropbox. And yeah. now he's probably going to jail. Yes. I do. Uh, I'm in particularly love with the last sentence of this article. It's a good reminder to avoid saving internal documents when you leave your place of employment to work for a competitor, especially if both of those companies are contractors for the U.S. military. Just a little reminder there. Yeah. You think this would be in the the HR review when you (laughs) sign on, you know, just Jason, Jason, to go back to our earlier Mel Brooks things. Did you try to steal government secrets this week? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's a shame, but I think it points out how easy it is to do this, you know. Yeah. Um, But also, it seems like uh, they're watching, so... Yeah, it's like, uh, they put super glue in my USB port so I couldn't put it in the thumb drive. So how the hell am I going to work from home? Oh, I just throw I it on actually, my Dropbox account. Whatever. No, I was just thinking happen. about that because it always the, the stories used to always be the USB sticks and you couldn't bring a USB stick into facilities and things like that. And like we've just totally leapfrogged that with this just constant connected wireless everything mm-hmm. now. <laughs> the cloud is apparently all the government's computers now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this well, this next one I saw on, on Ars Technica, a $225 GPS spoofer can send sat-nav guided vehicles into oncoming traffic. I can't mm-hmm. wait for driverless cars. I, You know, <laughs> these guys are up in the game. I was just thinking, I want a backpack where I can just like deploy a stop sign anywhere. So, it, <laughs> so it'll, you know, freak the car out and be like, oh, stop. But this is way, way better. So it's, you know, a little chip that you can buy or you can put all the pieces together yourself, stick to the underside of the car and then tell it where to go. It yep. works best in urban environments. And they say it works best in urban environments where the driver doesn't know where they're going. But for the most part, the fact that you can change the turn by turn 
directions on somebody's GPS device is pretty interesting. I got to say, I like this one. Well, it is interesting. Yeah, I'll go with interesting, but not so much like. Well, here's the reason I like it, because when when these things, because we're not there yet with, you know, driverless cars and all the automated bullshit that we're all waiting for. This means that people have to harden their systems before they're deployed. So things like hacks like this mean that people are going it's in the public now they're going to have to harden their devices to hacks like this so i'm i'm okay with that you're right that's exactly what the entire internet of things community has done since knowing about all these things they have hardened their systems but the internet of cars is a little different those guys know that the the liability that they face means that they have to fix this crap one would hope this reminds me of a couple of things first of all you know gps jamming has not that's that's been a, a military thing since GPS has been around. So jam mm-hmm. jam the GPS so your enemy doesn't know where they are or where you are. Um, but now I, there are I, I'm trying to remember because there are multiple there's a there's a Russian version of GPS. Um, they have their own uh, system of satellites up, and I believe a lot of the modern phones can read that. As right. a fallback, which I think is interesting in that if you think about this sort of thing, if you're trying to make a fail safe or you're trying to have a system that um, looks to verify that what it's seeing is correct, uh, if you have more than one GPS system and you compare the two against each other, that, that could be a way of checking to make sure that things are within the realm of, of where you think they should be. And if they're not, then you know pull this car over to the side of the road until we can figure out what's going on. Um, right. The other thing it reminds me of is, uh, oh, gosh, about a decade ago, I, I had a buddy who uh, lived overseas and came over here to visit, and he brought with him a cell phone jammer. Oh, yeah. Which, I, I yeah. had one of those, yeah. Did you? Of course you did. Well, <laughs> if anybody uh, was, was going to have one of those. Well, it was yes. 2000, you, 2000 and, <laughs> 2009, I went to Bangkok, and right. I, I went to, like, the big electronics mall in Bangkok, and uh-huh. I bought a tri-band cell phone jammer and yep you know got it back here to the states which uh, you know when i think about it i was so fucking stupid because it's a felony to, uh, to, <laughs> yes. to be in possession of one of those yes, and, it is. and here's here's the crazy part i put it in my checked luggage and my checked luggage was delayed because my flight was delayed so it went through probably extra screening but i was smart enough to drain the battery before it actually <laughs> got into my oh. luggage um, but so they delivered my luggage the next day and I was just waiting. I was waiting for the FBI to show up. I was just, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I bought a, it was like 50 bucks, tri band cell phone jammer. I eventually, uh, gave it away to somebody who is more nefarious than I am. And also more, you know, I'm, I'm somebody less risk averse than I am because I'm like, mm-hmm. this is a cool toy. It works. I can go to a restaurant, turn it on and everybody's cell phone in the restaurant's turned off. But right. I just don't need to have this in my life. This is a bad thing. Right. Also, well, my friend the, used it in movie theaters. I, I, I've done that, too. I did that, yeah. too. I also did it it's like hack, hacking for good. Right. The other problem was I did it when I was on the highway. When people were talking on their phones, I'd pull up next to them and turn it on. And then the, the problem was they would look at their phone even more because they're like, no yes. signal, no signal, no signal. Because I'm thinking, oh, in the, you know, the highways of L.A., like everybody's looking at their phone and not paying attention to driving. It actually had the opposite effect that I was that's, looking that's for. That's the exact equivalent of like me being on the bike path here in Santa Monica and ringing my bell. 
Instead, mm. now now people start <laughs> acting crazy and random and, and jolt left and right. When right. if I like just ignore squirrel. them and weave in and round them, I'll right. be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me when when I was in college, my roommate was uh, in the university's ham radio club. Uh, get off my lawn, and um, so he was because he was a licensed ham radio operator. He was licensed to transmit on certain frequencies. And one of those frequencies he was allowed to transmit on was like the K-band frequency that radar detectors use. Ooh. So he built himself a, just a little box with a button on it, and he kept it in his car. And basically, anytime somebody drove by in a, in a you know, car that was likely to have a radar detector, he would just press this little button, and you'd see the brake lights come on, and they'd slow down <laughs> because he was just jamming that frequency, lighting up that frequency um, with just this little transmitter, you know, size of a pack of playing cards, but yeah. he was, but he was legally licensed to transmit on that frequency. So he was not, <laughs> not breaking the law. So it was a little fun pranking with, uh, when the back in the days of, uh, radar detectors <laughs> before we had things like Waze. Yes. Uh, love, love the old days. <laughs> I yeah, love the old I days. Know. Yeah. I old really, really indeed. hope the statute of limitations has run out. <laughs> Or I'm maybe doing some last minute editing. Edited. <laughs> well, can can know, somebody yeah. get Ben Yellen on the line? I need, I need, I need actual counsel it here. Would be, it, yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, if if one of the listeners could keep a running tab on the number of crimes that have been admitted to over the course <laughs> that you guys have been doing this show. <laughs> now, okay, let's well, cut that you're, bit you're out because somebody you're, will. <laughs> you're included in that, by the way. So you might not want to put that challenge out to the audience. Oh, Sexy well, time uh, pizza delivery, anybody? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I never. Oh, all right, man. I I withdraw the statement. <laughs> That'll be twenty dollars right, for me to edit that out. Right. Thank you very much. All right. All right. That's my for business next model. Week's episode, you'll be hearing the prison uh, <laughs> announcements over our right. Why is there so much reverb? Because <laughs> oh. we're in prison. You are getting a call from the state penitentiary. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. All right, All right guys. Exactly. Well, you guys have a great weekend. Let's All right. put a button on it. All right. See you next time. Brick a brick. I found this story while I was digging around, and it's called How I Got Banned for Life from Airbnb. Oops. Yeah. Now, this is an interesting read. It's kind of yeah, self-serving and boring, but there's one key takeaway here. You can get permabanned for Airbnb by leaving a review for your Airbnb stay on an external site. Well, that's a load of crap. That's a load of crap. Yep. So no Yelp hmm. reviews or Google reviews or anything like that. And if they find them, you're kicked out for good with no way to get back in. Right. Talk about controlling hmm. the message. Yes. And uh, I checked it the other day and uh, he's not like Airbnb has not said, oh, you can come back now. Nope. He is basically banned for life because he had a really crappy place and he made a Google review and that was it. Right. So right. He's, you know, a little too much power. I'm thinking if you if people are going to be having to use these sites, I mean, honestly, I'd say just get a hotel. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not like your life was any different before Airbnb than it is after Airbnb. You stay in a hotel like every other person on the planet. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it's a very interesting story. So that that's you don't have to read it because I just spoiler alert yeah. there. <laughs> but yeah, mm -hmm. so if you do stay at an Airbnb, keep your reviews to the Airbnb site, lest you may be banned for life.
Right. TechCrunch has an article that says, yes, open office plans are the worst. Duh. Duh. You, Brian, have you've worked for yourself for the last 20 years, so I doubt you've <laughs> been in an open office very recently. Uh, not too recently. No. I mean, I've done a couple stints with various companies where I was working, you know, two or three days outside of in, in their offices and the rest of the time at home. So I've been in a few and they are horrible. Absolutely. horrible. I mean, most of the ones I've worked at Technorati was open office. JPEG magazine was open office. Uh, metrically the startup that I did, uh, we were in an incubator, which was right. Massively open office. Every company was in the same two floors, an open room with a big slide and Little assholes riding around on scooters. Scooters, yeah. yes, but they were razors yeah. back then. Um, but the interesting thing is, when you have an open office, interpersonal communication actually goes down, not up, like they expect it to. Mm -hmm. So yes. I'm really curious if Apple is going to change anything, because the spaceship is basically one giant open office, except for when people run into the walls. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, I, I'd like this study. I do like this study because it does show what we already knew. Anybody who's ever worked there in an open office, the first thing you do is bring your noise canceling headphones to work because yes. you need people to shut the hell up. Mm -hmm. So fortunately, I, I, I work in an open office right now. And the only other people in my office are the dogs and they don't really talk <laughs> back. So yes. unless there's a squirrel outside, then they talk. Right. right. But yeah. anyway, yeah. So if you work in an open office, send this article to your managers and say, can we have doors, please? I don't want to give a hat tip to a friend of the show, Brian, who has pointed out to me that there is a Portillo's, which is a Chicago specialty, right here in Buena Park, California, where I can finally go get a nice Italian beef sandwich. Okay. When you go there, don't say Portillo's. Yes. It's Portillo's. <laughs> Whatever. As someone who comes from Chicago and lived a mile away from one and have gone there my entire life, it's Portillo's. You know what, though? I, I have never, ever, ever gone into, say, a McDonald's and said, hey, it's great to be in this McDonald's. So I don't think I'm going to say the restaurant name while I'm in there. I'm just I'm just I'm just giving you some backup here, man. Would you like to go to Portillo's? And then somebody thinks Preach. it's like a fancy French restaurant that you're going to. And then, like, you know, you can get sausages and Italian beefs. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's it's a good place. It's a good place. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm, I'm sure you are. Heart attack on a plate. <laughs> uh, this last one I found from the uh, what was that? What's the name of that podcast with the QI? No people? such thing as a fish. No which such is thing exactly as a what fish. I was going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, they just covered this. <laughs> yeah, no such thing as a fish. I, I was listening to it this week and they found the BBC sound effects beta program, which has 16,000 sound effects from the BBC library. And it's awesome. <laughs> it's chicken interrupted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their their episode about this was really funny and then i went and checked it out so i put the link to it i had to go dig up the link and put it in the show notes because it is really fun um if you're using it for you know any kind of purpose for making money you can't use it that's why it's not on the show and we're not going to throw yes. anything in there but for personal educational or research purposes you can actually go play with these sound effects all sixteen thousand of them so yes and these these def definitions are as hyper specific as any amazon purchases are oh, way way more way more general atmosphere in a busy machine shop with some indistinct speech <laughs> exactly <laughs> hey man you got to give him credit for that that yeah you know i'm i'm down Moron of the week drum roll please this is a very strange moron of the week for us our moron of the week is elon fucking musk <laughs> Talk about somebody who stepped on their own dick this week. I, I missed all of this because I was traveling. So 
Tell me, Jason. What did he do? I heard he was very stupid. One of the stars of the Thailand Cave Rescue said in a very public way that uh, Elon Musk's uh, little, you know, kid-sized submarine thing was just a PR stunt and it was bullshit and it was never going to work. And then Elon Musk, in a probably drunken rage, said that the guy was a pedophile on Twitter. Oops. To the public. Oh, no. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, there are some things that are worse than the R word that I try to get you to not use on this show. Uh, Pedo would be it. Well, you know, that's... (laughs) Oh, God. So, Tesla stock fell 4%, which I'm sure you were really happy about since you are I did see that news. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure that piqued your interest. Uh, He finally kind of apologized. Kind of? Ish. Ish. Sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. a little bit, a little bit. He's like, you're still an asshole, but I shouldn't have called you a pedo. Sorry about that. Yeah. Can I have my stock back? <laughs> and the guy was threatening to sue, so we'll see what actually happens. And, yeah. you know, why Elon Musk might actually be a supervillain, he was, he was also unmasked as the top donor to the House Republican pack. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay, okay. The plot thickens. It does. Yeah, he might well, be hanging out with Chris Hardwick yeah. soon. <laughs> <laughs> probably not that, not there yet but, no uh, no at least yeah. at least he can afford his own volcano island with a you know That's super true. base because he and has he a spaceship to get there so yes yeah oh, anyway yeah quantum leap on twitter sent the sent us the story as well saying uh, did i hear some doubts of elon musk being a dimwit some episodes ago he sure isn't able to count counter criticism humanely yep. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, so that wasn't good. I also have an additional moron of the week. Well, morons of the week. Um, a few days ago, Forbes magazine broke the news that Kylie Jenner could potentially be the youngest ever self-made billionaire. That's all in quotes, revealing that she's raked in a whopping $900 million from her cosmetic company. So she needs $100 million to become a billionaire. And some people are so eager for her to reach it that they're donating money to her in a crowdfunding campaign. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> the GoFundMe campaign, which was set up by Instagram star Josh Ostrovsky, who goes by the nickname The Fat Jew. So it sounds like it's a bit of a piss take. They're saying, I don't want to live in a world where Kylie Jenner doesn't have a billion dollars. We must raise $100 million to help her get to a billion. Please spread the word. This is extremely important. But people are actually doing it. They're actually <laughs> donating money. Okay, I like where this guy's coming from. I really like where this guy's coming from. I love setting it up as a joke. Uh, I, you know, is he going to turn over the money to her? I, I hope there's some small print where he gets to keep all the money. I really do hope there's some small print for that. So, uh, but uh, also a hero for the week, uh, Dictionary.com. Whoever is running Dictionary.com's social media needs an award, needs to get paid more. They do this often, but this one is just great. Uh, They decided to throw some shade at uh, Kylie Jenner (laughs) and uh, posted, Self-made means having succeeded in life unaided. Used in a sentence, Forbes claims that Kylie Jenner is a self-made woman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well done. Mic drop, or I guess dictionary drop. Feedback loop. We've got some new Patreon subscribers, Steve, Michael, Andy, Ted, and John. And John says, hi, guys. Greetings from Dublin, Ireland. I eventually got around to pledging you each month for the phenomenal podcast you create. Woohoo! You make my commute a fun way to watch the world burn around us as all our dreams come true. But as in the great stories, it doesn't bring us the happiness we expected. Well, thank you, John. And we have a recurring payment from Steve over on PayPal. We appreciate that very much. 
Over on Twitter, Moss6502 wrote and said, I have not mouth and I must scream is a good intro to Ellison. You can read it here. Provides a link. I liked his short stories and his comics. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Derek writes in, if you liked Ursula K. Le Guin's books, I just directed her tribute a few weeks ago. Tribute to Ursula K. Le Guin on literaryartstribute.org. That link will be linked in the show notes. Yes. Very cool. Thank you so much for writing in. Uh, Daniel writes in over at GOG.show. Hey, fellas, I just listened to the show with guest host Jordan Harbinger. Jason and Jordan were talking about Plex and integrating it with a network-attached storage device. I believe Jason has the Synology 2 Bay NAS Disk Station DS218 Plus Diskless. <laughs> As we said on the show, rolls off the tongue. Rolls off the tongue. Uh, says, I don't know. I've got the 16, by the way, not the 18. Ah, okay. I didn't know about either of them until now. I'm a bit of a noob in the geek world. Anyways, I'm currently stationed overseas, but I'll be moving into a new home in Colorado pretty soon. I started with one question How else can I use a NAS besides a media server? And now I have a million questions. Uh, initially, I was thinking about getting the same one as Jason, but I, okay, it gets really technical here. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So uh, I went down the rabbit hole, and now I'm stuck. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, here's the deal. The the Synology does a million different things because it's got an app store on it. So you can run your own security setup. Like all my security cameras in my house can write to the NAS, which is pretty awesome. So you have local storage on that. Uh, I prefer cloud storage because that way, if somebody breaks into my house, steals the NAS, then <laughs> you see how that goes. Um, you can run. You can just run all types of stuff. You can create your own Dropbox for different family members. It does so much stuff for so little money. It's really, really cool. So I, I recommend picking one up if you really want to get into it. But first, go to Synology.com and just RTFM. That's it. And you can find out everything it does. And that's it. That's the only way to do it. Sorry, RTFM. <laughs> I agree. Uh, next up, Ted wrote in, I usually listen and enjoy your show, but I fear Brian is going to lose his bleeding heart liberal membership from calling Rebecca Onion a bitch. White male privilege much? Oh, the patriarchy. I suspect he will need to say at least 10 Hail Hillary prayers at his next stream at the Sky <laughs> event or risk having to turn in his pussy hat. <laughs> actually, okay. you know what? As we, as I was saying that and I, as I called her a bitch, I actually had a twinge going, hmm, hmm. but then I went, ah, we're not that PC. To hell with it. <laughs> Come on, man. I can do the FR some sometimes, so you can get off with uh, Rebecca Onion is a bitch every now and again. Yeah. Next one comes from Gritar. Just another chapter in the No Privacy Saga. Venmo defaults to having all your transactions, messages, and comments public. And this article is about a researcher that was able to identify couples having fights, people buying from their weed dealer, what kind of junk food they eat, etc. With names attached, but chose not to publish them. Oh, my God. Well, you know, I hope, I hope they're using the blockchain for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Blockchain. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's not good. I'm glad that I don't actually use Venmo for anything. That's, that's, no, I don't that's either. Bad. Yeah. Uh, Martin Sweeney sent in. Uh, here's another scooter story. And this is uh, a bike pulling out of Singapore and pe people put in their money uh, for deposits and things like that. And guess what? They're not getting them back. Shocking. I thought we covered that last week. Oh, I must have left it out of the notes. I think this is just the money aspect of it. So. Uh, he also sent in uh, this uh, comment about uh, hilarious every time we turn around and hear that Facebook is getting better. Another source tells us it's not. And this is Consumer Reports. Basically, Consumer Reports researchers find that Facebook privacy settings maximize data collection. Well, again, shocking. go figure. Go figure. <laughs> and he said, by the way, bird hunting season will be coming up in a few months. You can't not shoot a bird while it is on the ground, only while in flight. So I'm going to have to figure a way of getting those bird bike things off the ground. <laughs> trebuchet 
Go make a yes, trebuchet. There you go. <laughs> a bird trebuchet. Yeah. AJ writes in, Hi, guys. There have been a number of articles in the Australian press over the last week about this one. I facepalmed when I read the first one. Some really simple security controls that no one bothered to put in place for a mandatory system of transferring large amounts of money. It couldn't possibly go wrong, right? Sigh. And, yeah, and apparently the MasterChef contestant over in Australia and her husband were left homeless last week when $250,000 from the settlement of their recently sold property was stolen by hackers who set up third-party accounts to breach the uh, electronic property transfer system that they have there. Oops. Oh, man, that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> you yeah. win and you lose. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's not good. Fix that. Uh, Kay writes in, wanted to know your opinion on static site generators. May not suit all cases, but maybe a good WordPress alternative to point people to. Oh, and you guys are great. Always looking forward to your podcast. It keeps me sane in this crazy world of screwed up progress. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, static site generators are fi- fine. There's nothing wrong with them. It's yeah, a, yeah. You're just not going to find a client that doesn't think that they can do it all themselves and wants WordPress because of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah, it's one of those things. It's it, tomato, tomato. You got to you got to go client by client. But yeah. Spencer writes in, hey, guys, I just got done listening to the show and I found something that will hopefully ease your concerns over the Chinese stormtrooper laser gun. And this is a YouTube video about this guy who makes lasers. And I've seen a bunch of this guy's videos and they're awesome. Mm-hmm. And he just tears the shit out of this thing with math. He right. has <laughs> I mean, he breaks it down with, I mean, physics and everything and I, I mean i don't know what the hell he's saying but he shows his work <laughs> he, <laughs> he does, shows he does his, work. Show his work he does show his work so good yeah maybe we so don't have seem- crazy lasers yeah this seems this thing seems like you know just a pie in the sky dream yeah and we got a crap ton of itunes reviews all of them five stars so thank you so much the first from oshawa pilot 2 in canada a must listen podcast jason and brian are my spirit animals both hilarious witty and often sarcastic at just the right moment with a large helping of grumpiness on top for good measure it all makes every single episode a great listen for any self-professed geek grumpy or old or not keep up the good work guys and tipsy canook writes in are you feeling lucky I like to turn this show into a drinking game. Every time they swear or talk about birds, take a drink. If you make it through the whole show, I'm impressed. Very impressed. You're either my hero or fellow alcohol-loving Canadians. If you are sober enough to listen to the actual show, it's really good. Great guys, great stories, great snark. Thank you so much, Tipsy Canuck. Yes, thank you. And Helen14E from France writes, Fun and Tech, what you needed to look forward to on Mondays. Fun and informative. Thank you so much, guys. Keep up the good work. Oh, congratulations on the World Cup win. Yeah, congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. Ben Michael Johnson writes in from the UK. So much fun. Love this show. The episode with Jordan was big fun. Keep up the great work, guys. Well, thank you, Ben Michael Johnson. Thank you. Two Manly Games writes in. Not bad. <laughs> Damning <laughs> with faint praise. <laughs> Five stars, but then not bad. Interesting. Every time I work, I feel empty while staring at a computer screen. Nothing but depressing thoughts. But now, thanks to this podcast, I can now have two guys bickering about stuff that's wrong with the world and laughing about it. So thanks. I've come. I've really come a far away. Nice. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Quibble writes in, better than ever, this podcast has won the Quibble's Best Tech Podcast for the fourth time. Four years in a row. First show to achieve this feat. Uh, We're (laughs) waiting for our trophy. Come on, Quibble. Send us our trophies. (laughs) DST8722 writes in, great show. GOG is a great podcast about everything tech, security, and the like. Brian and Jason, along with Dave, make for a hilarious time as they grumpily jest about what's wrong with everything on the internet and beyond. Stay grumpy, gents. We shall. KR Gannett writes in, excellent podcast. Whether needing a good commute podcast or a primer to the week's tech news, nothing is better than the GOG. Keep up the great work. We 
we shall endeavor to do so. Yes, thank you. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five-star and snarky review. And also, just steal your friends' phones and install us in their podcast player of choice. We'd really kind of appreciate that. Yes, please. We know it's sneaky, but, you know, we didn't get where we're at by not being sneaky. Closing shout outs! And I will be saying a final goodbye to my dad tomorrow, so this one's for you, Dad. Uh, miss you a lot. I'll do my best to say fiddlesticks instead of fuck, because he always had an aversion to cursing and used to get mad at me if I posted on my Facebook with bad words. So, for you, Dad. Less fucks in the future. <laughs> Less fucks in the future. A... I wish that could be our show title. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But we but we know it's not true. <laughs> no, that's that's also, yeah, there's that. So uh, I want to give a huge thanks to friend of the show and writer of our outro GOG theme music and all around badass Andy Stochansky, who put together just a fantastic playlist for my dad's memorial that we'll be listening to tomorrow from the era and groups he loved. Uh, we'll have the links in the show notes. It'll brighten up your day. Give it a listen. It's some good stuff. It is. I actually checked it out this morning. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a great little playlist. So thank you so much, Andy. Uh, until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. Dos Svidania. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 268. And yes, there will be links to all of the AI news that I talked about at the beginning of the show. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy, and we'll see you next week.